You are listening to Love, Maine Radio, hosted by Dr. Lisa Belisle and recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine in Portland. Dr. Lisa Belisle is a writer and physician who practices family medicine and acupuncture in Thompson. Show summaries are available at lovemainradio.com. Portland Art Gallery is proud to sponsor Love, Maine Radio. Portland Art Gallery is the city's largest and is located in the heart of the Old Port at 154 Middle Street. The gallery focuses on exhibiting the work of contemporary Maine artists and hosts a series of monthly solo shows in its newly expanded space, including Ingen Jorgensen, Brenda Sirioni, Daniel Corey, Jill Hoy, and Dave Allen. For complete show details, please visit our website at artcollectormain.com. Love, Maine Radio is also brought to you by Aristel, a lingerie boutique on Exchange Street in Portland's Old Port, where every body is seen as a work of art and beauty is celebrated from the inside out. Shop with us in person or online at aristel.com. Russ Doucette is the owner of Russ Doucette Custom Home Builders in Scarborough, and Teresa Simpson is the owner of Midcoast Home Designs in Wiscasset. Thanks for coming in today. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. So, one of you is in Scarborough, one of you is in Wiscasset, but from what I'm understanding, you actually do quite a bit of work together. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to be able to work under Mr. Doucette here. I think we collaborated a few years ago on a project in Tiger Lily when we got to first meet. Correct. It's about maybe three years ago? Uh, roughly three years ago. Uh, we started off with, I had started off with a client and uh, felt that it was best that they go find uh, a true architect. And um, they did, and they found Teresa, which was actually a godsend for me. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Well, tell me about that. So tell me what is the benefit? Well, first of all, I guess I should get a little bit of background from each of you for people who are listening who don't know you as to what each of you do as individuals. Well, I, um, let's see, I've been in, I've been a home designer, let's see, since 1988. I actually started designing homes for my family uh, when I was actually in high school. So I put myself through college, through engineering school, and then I started my own business really in a small little town working outside of the parameters of my family and subbing out to contractors. Uh, at some point I had actually heard of Rust to Set Builders, but this, I hadn't made it down to the Portland area. I was just working in the Midcoast, Bath, Brunswick, Freeport area. And then um, later on, as my family started to retire and contractors were getting more busy, I started advertising. And then, lo and behold, 20 some odd years later, I get to finally meet Russ Doucette in person. And from there, we've collaborated on quite a few projects now that I'm more in the Portland, Cape Elizabeth, Saco area. It's a little bit about my background. A little bit about mine. Uh, I come from a little town up north in Van Buren and moved here on uh, 4th of July of 76. <laughs> and uh, this was shortly after I had graduated from uh, the University of Prescott um, Vocational School. Um, while I was here, I started doing carpentry work is what I went to school for. As time progressed, I uh, knew that I just didn't want to be a regular carpenter, so I was looking to start my own business. And at the time, I was working for a company, uh, Dartmouth Company in Portland, and got to know the supervisor really well, became very good friends with him. And uh, so I had an opportunity to start my business at that point. They had some projects. when I did start my business, that was back in 1981, 80, 80, 81, 
uh, interest rate was 22.5%. <laughs> so needless to say, there wasn't too much work out there. So what was I doing to start my own business? Well, uh, I had an opportunity and I took it. And uh, things led to this point. Uh, did some great projects, had some beautiful homes, some commercial work. Uh, had some slow times, just like everybody else in our business, no matter what kind of business you're in. Uh, three years ago, uh, I had been dealing with a draftsman in South Portland. Unfortunately, he had passed away unexpectedly. So I was, in the, I was looking for a new designer to help me along. And again, met Teresa, and here we are. And we have done three or four or five... Mm -hmm homes together. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just finished, we just finished one up, a fairly good sized one in Cape Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And we're doing one right now, uh, underway. I believe it's a 5,000 square foot home. Mm -hmm. uh, things are going well. It's a lot of fun. Yes. I feel like I'm blessed to finally met him and work with him. It's yeah. kind of a dream of mine. It goes, bo <laughs> it goes both ways. Well, talk to me about the collaboration. Um, what is it about each of your individual skill sets and also the way that you communicate that seems to work well for you? Mm. I feel that I've noticed, uh, having feedback from my clients, that I, I tend to listen well and I can envision what a client's needs and wants are. And I really think that being an architect, it's key to be able to understand what a client wants, not necessarily to give them my design, but work with them in trying to obtain their design and facilitate it. And I've always noticed that the key details that Rooster set in his homes and his craftsmanship show is exactly what I try to instill into my clients' homes. So it's sort of we're on the same road, and now that we get to work together, we can facilitate that a little bit better in project management for our, our clients. For me, it's uh, the communication between her and I is great because uh, she doesn't take criticism. Uh, she takes it very well. And it's not criticism. It's, uh, it's mm. a different way of doing things. Uh, where I have the ability to, to design homes and build them, um, in the past, I haven't had much luck dealing with architects. They kind of stay away from me. Um, because they know that I can do it myself, uh, but that's not really what I wanted to do. I can, uh, and unfortunately, a lot of them, you know, <laughs> have their own way of doing things. And, and where I'm the builder, mm -hmm. there are different ways to do it, and I like to collaborate with them to get the job done in a manner that the client wants and give the client the the outcome they're looking for. With Teresa. Uh, we've gone around and around a few times and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the way she designed things or how she, when she designs things, she's trying to build it in her mind. Well, sometimes building it in your mind and the way you're accustomed to do it might be different than what I'm accustomed to doing it mm -hmm. and how I approach things. So we communicate very mm -hmm. well with that and she's always asking, well, how are you doing mm -hmm. this? You know, can we do it different, etc. So it's a really good balance, no question. I definitely have found that I learn so much from him. It's like hands-on experience with Russ, from the aspects of framing to finished carpentry to how to deal with clients when, I hate to say, but when we feel that we're right and we try to teach the client maybe what a better solution is. He always has an integral way of how to deal with the problem. So I, I really, I'm like a sponge with his information. Well, I think in her background, your parents, 
uh, your father was mm -hmm. a builder. In the trades. He, yeah. he was in the trades, so she learned the trades. Uh, so she learned it from the bottom up. Mm. So when she's designing, she can figure things out. Uh, and it's not always according to the books. Uh, in my case, uh, where I started from the ground up, I actually did the physical work, the, the, the framing of the homes, the structurals of the home, the interior trim of the home. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel that in my business and where I am today, that helped me tremendously. I'm not what you would call a briefcase contractor, mm -hmm. uh, that someone just come off the street and start building homes. Right. I know it from the ground up. Everything about it. So, Do you think that that can sometimes be an issue um, where there's a some one person is dealing with things in a theoretical way, you know, they're designing things based, you know, by the books, the way you're describing it. And then you have somebody else that's being called in to deal with the very practical nature of, say, biz building materials or timelines or structural details. It can be. Um, basically, you, you can pretty much draw anything you want on paper. Mm -hmm. But actually physically doing it, uh, out on the field is somewhat different. You're always faced with different challenges because the way they draw it on paper looks great, but when you're starting to put these rafters together or structurally, uh, you, you have to have the field knowledge mm -hmm. of how to build it, not just read it from a, from a blueprint. You have to have the, the practical experience. And in a lot of cases, you have to uh, improvise. And when you improvise and you have an architect involved, they want to know what's going on. So before you go ahead and change certain things uh, different than the plans, they want to know about it. And as I mentioned earlier, some of them are willing to, to go along with it, some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a balancing act. Uh, again, the end product's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of clients who come to me with who have either watched HGTV or get all the fancy oh. magazines, including I actually do <laughs> yes. use Main Home and Design as a reference material because it's local, it's trendy, it's a beat, everybody gets ideas from it. But the clients who tend to look at a lot of Pinterest or Hows, which are great resources, it sometimes gives an unrealistic approach to design or, or whatnot. It misleads our clients. So Russ and I really tend to design what we feel is best for that particular piece of land or that landscape, whether it's inland or on the ocean. And that's another way that we tend to bounce ideas. They're true from our hearts and how we feel something should look How is if we would live there, not necessarily from opening up a web page or a magazine, even though it's a good resource. So we try to show clients out of the box, per se, rather than out of the magazine per se. Do you think that sometimes people don't, they think they know what they want but they don't really know what they want? That tends to happen quite a bit with me or they don't really know how to verbalize it. They want to be trendy but they want to be unique at the same time and we have a tendency to show clients whether it's from past projects or again thinking out of the box you don't want the cookie cutter home maybe some ideas that everyone else shares but a lot of homeowners whether they can't voice it or they don't know how I have the capability of showing clients 3d perspectives that actually use current materials Russ will tell me which windows what brand doors what flooring what paint colors and I'll actually use those particular materials show the client a quick 3d just like HGTV would and it helps them the client understand what they're gonna have I think a lot of clients have a pretty good idea of what they want. 
the biggest thing is they can't visualize it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I get that all the time. So uh, by being in the business as long as I have and, and, and having so many houses to go by and pictures, et cetera, um, and dealing with so many clients in the past as well, you have a pretty good sense of what they're really looking at, especially um, when a new client comes to me is interested in having a project done or built. Uh, it takes a while to get to know the individual. You go to their house, mm. you talk to them, you listen, uh, you listen to what, you know, they like craftsman style, they traditional, they uh, modern, etc. So by listening to them more, you get a better idea of really what they're looking for. So when they come to you and say, I know what I want, but I can't visualize it. Can you you know, so at that point, you get yeah. to know them. You have a better idea of what they're really looking for. So you either sketch it out or you do a prototype and they see it, mm -hmm. they like it or don't. Uh, mm -hmm. It goes really well that way. I tend to find that we both tend to hold clients' hands throughout the entire process. And a lot of clients who can't necessarily envision something or can, don't always know what to spend on a budget. And having us collaborate from the very beginning of design right through the construction, we can sort of guide the clients as to what their budget or that their project can afford them, rather than just designing beautiful pictures and pouring a foundation that may be something that they don't want. And their budget is not a, a HDTV budget. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No. Well, that must be an interesting conundrum because you have people who want beautiful things and they have a sense for maybe how much mm -hmm. it might cost, but then may not be that much here. You know, mm -hmm. the things are going to be different than what they see mm -hmm. on HGTV, right. for example. Correct. Um, <clears throat> what I like to do is um, if somebody's interested in a house, what I try to do again is I try to get some information on that house. What style of, of house? What size of house? What they like inside the house? Uh, so at that point, I can put all that information together, go back to the office, and look at projects that I've done, or just mm -hmm. by 40 years of experience. I can put a budget together and come back to them and say, listen, uh, the size of the house, the style of the house you're looking for, I feel that a budget of this is what you should really start with. Anything less is, and basically goes through the interior as well. Somebody's interested in having a, a built-in, a custom mm -hmm. entertainment center or uh, some kind of cathedral ceiling, uh, barn beams, etc. If they tell me in advance, I can tell them what the budget should, what you should allow for a budget before you move forward. So you're not telling me to do it and then I give you a $5,000 right. bill where you thought it was going to be 2000 right. You don't want to do that. We like to be able to show the client the story of their house right. and have them show us the book cover. So we'll create the inside and then present the entire book to them before any logistics start to happen. And that's why I say we usually do best from the design from the very beginning, which is, it doesn't always get a chance to have that happen between a contractor and an architect. Usually the architect will give the project to a contractor after it's designed, but we always like to do it from the beginning. Do you ever run into problems where you've designed something, you've built something, you've listened to people all the way along, and then they come and look at it and they say, oh no, 
that's really not what I was thinking about. Has that ever happened? Yes, it has. I've actually had homes that look completely different on the rear as it does on the front. Usually an Oceanside home has two fronts, one on the ocean, one on the driveway side. When you show, I like to be able to show the clients exactly what they've portrayed to me and also offer my ideas. So that way we're not kind of bursting their bubble, but we actually get to show them you know, maybe your idea wasn't really what we were trying to get or trying to foresee. And I know that we've we've kind of collaborated on one like that before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 a common thing. It's it, well, I say common, not necessarily. Uh, I remember when uh, I was actually doing the physical trim work inside of houses. Um, in some cases, I had the client sit down while I was doing the built-in. Mm -hmm. So, especially where they didn't know. So mm. we would try to avoid what you just said, uh, <laughs> build the whole thing, and then it's and that's not quite what we wanted. Yes, that has happened, no question. I think it would happen to any builder uh, having 40 years in the business. Uh, it's not a, it's not something that's fun, but no. it's something that you know we we thought we're in the right track, etc. Uh, the client thought halfway through it is what they wanted as well, but the end product wasn't mm. quite what. It was so basically what you do is just basically start all over again right. and uh, try to avoid it but That's how we like it's the 3d pictures it, in our business it does happen no no question and uh, I plan on being in business for a while and I'm sure it'll happen again yeah when I think about um, our culture and where we've come we've we've really become very visual but we're still mm. sort of two-dimensionally visual, mm. which does lead to our ability to say, oh, there's a nice picture of something. Mm -hmm. But thinking in a three-dimensional way is a really different thing that I'm not sure most people have the capabilities for. I've come across a majority of my clientele who can't envision, in the, as you're saying, in 3D fashion, being all 2D. So to be able to show a client's size relevance or even um, roof pitch wise a lot of people can't envision what a second floor over a first floor will look like or the size of how large a family living room is i usually try to encourage clients to do what i call the paper doll effect which they measure their furniture they cut it out on a piece of paper to a scale they've given them then they actually place it on a floor plan and russ and i always start with floor plans and that's it we provide that initially rather than the whole kit and caboodle rather than all the elevations and 3ds not to overwhelm a homeowner because sometimes if they can't envision something too much information can be a burden so let's just start, start small to be able to show them what we're in a sense we're going to be showing them and giving them i think you probably you've taught me one of those aspects. oh no it's very true um, although today with what Teresa said earlier about house and pinterest there are a million pictures of just about everything that's been built already out there and it's just a matter of just scrolling through it and, and finding something. And as I said earlier, if you can get me something that's close to what you're looking for, but not quite there, mm -hmm. that's when we can come together and collaborate mm -hmm. and design something that the individual is really looking for. I was going to say there's been a few times where we've had mutual yeah. clients that have shown us the same pictures. Right. So we can tell what's trendy out there without looking at the websites because everybody yeah. keeps bringing similar pictures. So there are some advantages of, of all of these things mm -hmm. then? Oh, all the information that's out there today is always an advantage, no question. If you know how to use it and how to find it, no question. I still like to have all the resources of the professionals around this area. Um, 
could name names, well, but I still like to be able to use the locals who, like Russ, have the experience. Four years ago, I don't think computers were around, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we we went on visuals and what we had right. done, et cetera. I mean, it was it was completely different than it was today. Hmm. Uh, just like everything else, I suppose. We used to build our models rather than creating them on the computer. Uh, yes, we <laughs> did that a few times. You know. When I think about um, the younger, I'll call it the younger generation, which is going to make me sound like I'm ancient, but you know, I'll watch um, I'll watch HGTV with my 16-year-old. She's a junior in high school. She, I don't think she's going to go into. Um, she's not probably not going to become an architect. Don't think she's going to be a contractor. It's just not where her interests lie. But for some reason, she and I can find this common ground and watch these mm -hmm. shows like Flip or Flop right. or, you know, other. And it's interesting to me that this has become intriguing and mm -hmm. has become a place of commonality. I would not have mm -hmm. foreseen that when I was 16, that I would True. someday be interested in watching a show about home renovation. True. That's funny you say that. When I was in high school, I know a lot of my friends would be watching MTV, but I was watching this old house. <laughs> so yeah. I would tend to find, because I like to see something created. One thing that I've found a lot of, that pleases me is to be able to see a house that I've designed from, this, from the beginning up and then see it in main home design or go through, walk through the house. To me, that's like this old house watching the shows, watching the TV shows and uh, seeing Chip and Joanna on TV, being able to see what they've created. I think it's always neat to be able to walk into a house that you've designed and see it for real. I think with uh, those shows on TV, HDTV, and, and again, I watch those as well. Not on a regular basis, but I, I watch them, like Flip or Flop, or uh, Love It or List It. Um, what I like about them is, in one sense, I think they're teaching America something. Number one is that if you're buying an existing home and you're interested in renovating it, that it's not cut and dry. Mm. There's many, many unknowns. So when when you're looking for a price from a contractor to design what you want, I think they understand that there are going to be a lot of unknowns that most of the time are going to increase the price. Or if you don't want the price increase, you're going to have to cut back on something. And you get that a lot on love it or list it. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, you know they're going in with a hundred thousand dollar budget and they're going to do a master bedroom and they're going to do this or whatever. And then they get into it, uh, they find a big problem. I don't know how expensive it is, mm -hmm. expensive it's going to be, but she comes back and says, <laughs> you know that laundry room that you wanted, it's not going to, it's not going to happen right. because we got to do this and it's structural. So we have to, to fix it. So I think in one sense, if people are really listening or looking, I think they're understanding that when they, when they want a remodel job done. Right, because remodeling tends to be more expensive, more, more. Oh, no question. Than building no question. new. It is. And holistically, so the, yeah, the love it or list it teaches us that. Right, and then Joanna Gaines, um, she's in, she's in that area where she likes to reuse old stuff. She doesn't like to throw anything away. She's always looking at rummage sales mm -hmm. or, or you know, things mm -hmm. of that nature, which looks good when she puts it all together, no question. So it, I, think, I think in those senses, the only thing about that is not, it's not really price right. 
<laughs> you know. It's not for the New England area. <laughs> well, no, it's, it, it isn't. Because I look at some of those things and I said, there's no way that they can do what they're doing for that for that money. So We have something similar to that, but we tend to show our clients for the trendy ideas where it might be less expensive where we could find them rather than just going to the local flea markets or going to Boston per se right. to do it. So Again, I think we all look at HGTV in, those, in that respect. Mm -hmm. Well, Main Home and Design, I know, has um, featured your work before, and quite a lot, actually. So tell me about a project that you've particularly enjoyed collaborating on that um, has had some maybe challenges that have ended up, um, you've been able to overcome them, and I you've turned them into benefits. Yeah, I think one that will be featured soon is uh, the latest Crispin job that we worked on which um, we had a client that was downsizing to a beautiful home that's about 10,000 square feet and there was roof line challenges where the homeowners knew what they wanted, they knew they wanted to downsize and it was up to Russ and I to really be able to make the framing affordable without scaling back on too much of the design aspect. So from street level it still looks nice, but roof lines and interior two-story cathedral ceilings, balconies, that recently happened on the Crispin job that Yes, that was a, a great job. I think it was a collaboration not just between uh, Teresa and I, but mm -hmm. the homeowner was quite involved and they had a, a designer of their own that uh, was involved in it as well. So it was uh, one of those projects that uh, we all had to come together and uh, put it all together. Uh, at this point, the client is very happy. It was it was a great project. It was probably a year and a half in the making. Um, they just uh, well, the house is just finally done. Probably a couple three mm -hmm. weeks ago, uh, and we are working on another one right now uh, in Cape Elizabeth. Uh, that was a challenge, and it's right. uh, that same issue about uh, uh, the roof rafters in the back and how everything comes together. As I mentioned earlier, you can draw it on paper, but you have to be in the field to figure out how to put it together. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so right. we're doing that right now. And, and actually, after um, this, this segment, we're both mm -hmm. going to go down there and uh, look at the jaw together. And do the site visit for that cathedral ceiling issue. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so. a lot of kind of ongoing conversation it sounds like there's a lot of pulling it apart seeing what works getting back together it's it's not really there's not one straight path you're not always sure that you're going to start at A and get to B right there's always the Jenga piece puzzle we always uh, I think that's the challenge and the fun part that I get to learn from Russ is I as I'm designing I'm framing it in my head but I'm constantly on the phone with him saying what if I move this this one dormer back a little bit farther? What are we going to do to the roof collar ties and, and whatnot? He will literally start verbally framing it on the phone with me, which is actually a good thing. Right. No, it is. Um, you know, there are people out there that don't want to build the bigger projects. Uh, they find them mm. not affordable or not a money maker or it's just too difficult and they don't want to go that route. They want to stay with the cookie cutters. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not that way. I, you know, the bigger the challenge, the better it is, and uh, that's where Teresa comes in hand because you need each other. Um, you know, sometimes on a bigger job, even though you drew it, well, I'll go back to Teresa. Let's redraw this this way and see what happens and see how it looks and so on and so forth. So, it really, 
when you start a project, depending on the size and the difficulty of it, it's not always cut and dry, as you just mentioned. It's mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, uh, work behind the scenes that takes place to get it done. And it speaks to a, a depth of knowledge and experience that I think maybe we don't always value in this day and age where we think, okay, you go get your four-year degree, you come out, you know everything. As opposed to, at least in medicine, and I'm 20 years in, I don't know everything. <laughs> I learn things all the time. Every right. single day I'm still learning right. stuff. Probably by the time I retire, I will just know how much I don't know. Right. But that's not, that's kind of a, not the way people think about education mm. and knowledge these mm -hmm. days, I don't believe. Learning, learning from the book is, is one thing, but you really can't, I feel, design for a client from beginning to build unless you've had hands-on experience. And I pr I'm glad I grew up in the trades with all of my family members to be able to come to us and be able to understand. I, I did a little stint with Warner Brothers once and we could draw pretty pictures, but there's nothing like drawing a pretty picture if you can't build it. I think the day that you think you know it all, uh, it just doesn't happen. I mean, you're constantly learning if, mm -hmm. if you want to. Um, you know, there are people that come up to me and say, how's it feel? You, you made it, you know, all mm -hmm. this. I haven't made anything, okay? It's an ongoing thing all the time. Every house is a different challenge. Every client's a different challenge. Just like in your trade. I mean, medicine is always moving forward. Mm. And we're always moving forward as well. I mean, you look at a house and you wouldn't think that it is, but it is. And you're constantly learning. And actually, the clients are the ones that make you learn. Mm -hmm. uh, the building materials, uh, you especially. You know, many times, you know, you get a compliment from a client or, or people and, and uh, as a builder. Well, it's not just the builder. It's, it's both the client and the builder getting along, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, because there are many times that uh, at the beginning of a job, the client and the builder can butt heads. Mm -hmm. And if one or the other is stubborn, uh, the job is not going to go very well. So it's a give and take. You have to understand each other. And it's a marriage for the time being, for, for the duration of that job, from the beginning of designing the house to when I give him the key, and even after that. So for me, the most important part of the job is the relationship with the client. Mm. That's the most important thing. Very, very important. As far as building a house, that's easy. Yeah. It really is. The relationship that you create with the client. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate your taking the time to come in here and have this conversation with me. I've been speaking with Russ Doucette, who is the owner of Russ Doucette Custom Home Builders in Scarborough, and Teresa Simpson, who is the owner of Midcoast Home Designs in Riscasset. Thank you very much for um, taking the time to be with us today. Thank well, you thank you for having us. us. Love Maine Radio is brought to you by Maine Magazine, Aristel, Portland Art Gallery, and Art Collector Maine. Audio production and original music are by Spencer Albee. Our editorial producers are Paul Koenig and Brittany Cost. Our assistant producer is Shelby Wasik. Our community development manager is Casey Lovejoy. And our executive producers are Kevin Thomas, Rebecca Falzano, and Dr. Lisa Belisle. For more information on our production team, Maine Magazine, or any of the guests featured here today, please visit us at lovemainradio.com.